be the world champion with a body like that. I am Johnny freaking wrestling. And that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champions. Welcome to another edition of Rumbling Reality. I am one of your hosts, Ramsey, and on the other end is... I'm the second host. I'm the second host. Yes, sir. Travis, are you awake? I'm awake. I'm I'm extremely awake. I've had my two cups of coffee. I slept in until almost 9 o'clock today. Two cups of coffee? Man, I've been freaking off the freaking wall, man. Dude, I've been drinking coffee since I was five, so... Actually, since four, so... Well, that's, uh... Not very good for you, actually. At four years old, and I mean. Well, again, let me let me preface this by saying that my parents used to trick me. Okay, they used to fill my coffee cup with just like a uh, little bit of coffee, and then the rest of the way would be filled with milk. So I see. Ew, so they coffee did. and milk sounds disgusting. Do I? Coffee and milk. Ugh. Dude, that's the that's the classic combo right I there. Know, I know. It's not gross. I just I like milk. I don't mind coffee, but the two together just sounds like eh. No, it's wonderful, especially when you throw some sugar in there. Oh. Okay, first topic, Travis. I gotta say, I thought it was very damn funny that Nia Jax seemed to do a heel turn out of nowhere after being bullied by Alexa Bliss for the last three months. Well, this is that was what I got at on one of our previous podcasts when I said the same thing, that it makes no sense that you built Nia Jax up to be this helpless poor victim all through the feud with Alexa Bliss, and now that the feud is over with, now all of a sudden she's going to be a monster heel or a bully again? And no, she was, that's, te- she was telling the crowd to shut up. I was like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I'm like, this is this is part of WWE's problem. You can't keep doing this this fifty fifty face turn uh, face heel turn booking anymore." Like, I get it. They they are under the assumption that there is no such thing as a solid baby face and a solid heel uh yes there is you just have to do it right and not rely on your freaking uh soap (laughs) opera script writers to keep effing things up and all i can say is alexa bliss was right the whole time Mm -hmm. the whole time she was talking about naya's actually a bully and all this stuff and hey they should play that to the storyline for the next like six months after the ronda thing's over alexa bliss can turn face and be like hey and then it would actually be something Let's actually do something with the storyline like that. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, that was something that came to my mind, too. At this point, though, I I don't really understand what the trepidation is to turn Alexa face at this point because she gets gets the crowd reaction every single time. I mean, she's both good ways, but I really think she'd be a really good face. I think she has that quality to go to – like Jericho, she has Mm -hmm. that quality to go back and forth. Well, see, and that's what I was thinking, too. I was trying to think of who I could compare her to when it comes to potentially being a good face character. Um, my my whole concern is if she does turn face is that they're going to try to go the Trish Stratus route. And what I mean by that yeah, is... Yeah, Trish was good up here. That's a good... That's a good Trish, uh, well, Trish was good, but let's face it, um, anybody that watches her career, she was at her absolute best when she, she was a face. heel. No. Oh, really? Dude. Oh, we got to agree with it. We got to disagree on that one because I think she, when she was a face, she was she was the highest she's been. Really? That? Yeah. No, that woman came out and she was a she was what she did was she played the stereotype. 
actually, you know what? A good comparison. Her heel persona was a lot like Regina George from from Mean Girls. Just didn't give two shits, man. Like, if she's a straight up bitch and she knew it, and she was gonna have it her way and no other way. That's what made her a great heel. She always did her best work as a heel. And if you go and watch some of those old uh, tapes of her being a heel, she gets the crowd to hate her. And it was hard to do so at times because sometimes she'd come out looking all kinds of sexified and still get that crowd reaction. But then somehow she'd always end up turning it around and getting booed by the end of it. So I mean, you really think Trish was – that's crazy because I always just – I mean, I just always would think um, in my mind – that uh, Trish was just such a much better face because she, when she was a heel, she smiled so much. I mean, she was good as a heel too. Don't get me wrong, especially in TNA when uh, TNA when a T, yeah TNA was um, a bat, you know, like a heel team. I was Albert. gonna say we're talking the tag team, right? Yeah, t- <laughs> yeah, yeah, TNA, uh, Test and Albert. Guys, a long time ago there. Yeah, no, but she, but you got to remember she was a heel back then too. But she I know was that's, still- when she, that's when I did like her. She was still playing that bitchy girl, though, as that heel character. But as she continued to progress and evolve as an in-ring performer and not just a a manager or a side piece, she really honed her own to become a legit heel. That's why the feud between her and Lita would always be good. Because Lita would always be the face. Well, except for the last last feud they did where where Trish retired and she retired as a face. Um, You know what the funny part is? I think Lita was a way better heel. Oh, oh, I agree. She has I agree a, she has a freaking look for it and she was she with Ed, man with Edge. Edge and Lita that to me was, was such a great yeah, that freaking was run. That was that was the couple to hate. That was in my opinion, that was the WWE power couple. That right was like there. the Miz and Maurice for like pretty much now. Uh, kind of, only a little bit more sexified, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure they, they couldn't do it if they wanted to. If there was the old Maurice when Maurice first came in a bathtub, I mean, she was immediately sexified. <laughs> sure, but I mean, you also got to remember we're dealing with a rated R superstar era yeah. where you, yeah, where you still had, or the ruthless aggression period where you still had a little bit of leeway when it came to the things you wear. Because if you remember some of the outfits Lita used to that wear during her time, such a good shirt, the Rusev aggression. Oh my lord, that is so awesome, dude! You Did you just good? make that up? Yeah, right now. That's that's good, man. I, uh, I think I know. I think I know where you can sell that shirt. By the way, where I happen where to know on, really, really, where can really I sell cool. that shirt at? I mean, this really cool website, this up and coming website that Ooh. has some pretty good T-shirts called TheWrestlingMarkStore.com. They have some pretty cool merchandise for, like, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, and others to boot. It's pretty cool, man. Dude, I actually really like that. I'm so I'm glad, so glad we got on this topic. That's actually a good one. I agree, because it just – it works. Yeah, Rusev Aggression. Okay, that's my next shirt I'm making today. <laughs> I can totally see it. Oh, and while we're on this topic, I actually have got accepted into the Amazon program, which usually takes about three months to get accepted in. But somehow I got accepted within a week, which I'm pretty excited for. And they are – you have to like submit your shirts, your designs, and to see if they'll even accept them. So you can't just put your shit on there. You actually have to get accepted. They've already denied like four of my Roman Reign t-shirts. I'm like, what the hell? So <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, <laughs> Because they, everybody hates Roman. Yeah, pretty – that's a good one, actually. That's a good one, too. Everybody. Hey, there's a, yeah, there's another one. If you can find one that has, like, the Everybody Loves Raymond font. <laughs> Everybody Hates Roman. Dude, we need to keep talking about this because I already have two shirts now. There um, you go. See? Everybody Hates Roman. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so, speaking of that, so, uh, it's a different... It's not It's not the wrestling mark, if you guys want to check it out. It's actually called uh, Blue Level. 
And so I kind of made it a, a uh, more of a mainstream name so I could do more than just wrestling shirts, basically, more trending shirts and stuff. But the first one Amazon accepted me for, they submitted my shirt, and I already made a sale, was uh, Eat, Sleep, Get These Hands Repeat. Which one was it again? Uh, eat, Sleep, Get These Hands Repeat. Yeah. And that one's yeah. already sold, and I'm pretty excited they already went live. But yeah, I That's thought I'd awesome. share that. So yeah, go yeah, check out Blue it. Level on Amazon. Um, So, back to... The female wrestlers. This is a good topic. I like. So, what other what other one stands out to you that could actually go heel or face flawlessly? I mean, which ones? Oh. And it sounds like there's a freaking train in the background over there. Are you uh, are you on a locomotive over there? No, my bad. I was walking through my my hallway and my laundry uh, was gone. <laughs> so my bad. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, Lita, Trish, definitely cool. definitely the tops of all them. But it doesn't have to be a super popular star. There's many of stars that could do both go both routes. And you know, weren't mainstream. I'm trying to think of some more. Um, I think it, when Mo- Molly Holly to me was pretty good at it too. Uh, I, I mean, she, I mean, she wasn't amazing, but I think she was. She stands out to me as somebody who was definitely a good face, but then she also could be a decent heel when it when it came to it. She wasn't like super like a mean heel, or whatever. But she was she was pretty catty. Yeah, uh, I would also say Victoria would be a good one. Uh, um, yeah. I just never really thought she was a good face. I thought she was more of a good, great heel. Well, no, I agree. I think I think her heel persona definitely outweighed her face persona, but she did have that versatility to go either way because it, it really paid off. Who do you think's the top especially. of the top? I think the top of the top is AJ Lee. Um, she did both, man. She was an awesome freaking face, and then she was like a crazy heel bitch. Yeah, you know, I I, I would put her in the top three. Well, who do you think's the top out of the three? I still, I still will stand behind Lita and Trish being your two, your top two. Here's the thing: Lita to me was like my girl growing up, but I gotta, I'm trying to like back up and not be like generational biased over here. So <laughs> but it's not generational bias when you, when we have actually been able to see the progression of women in WWE and see what they have become. Yeah, I mean, I just, seen, AJ Lee had seen. that like mainstream appeal to both audiences and got the most like airtime than any woman's ever had and closed out. I mean, she like, I, until this day, I can't think of many women who had, had the mic time she's had and the crowd reaction she's had with just coming out. Um, you know what? Now that you say that, I'll throw Paige in that mix too. Paige, uh, you know, I, I had a feeling you are going to bring that up. Paige is actually not bad either. I mean, even though I give Paige a hard time because there's not really a fan anymore, she, mm-hmm. she's, she's good at both. She did. She did very well at both. Um, I thought she did a great time as being a uh, being a face and a heel. Um, I think it was. I think for a while it was a little confusing because of the whole AJ storyline that they had for a while. Yeah. Where they were the frenemies. At times they'd be best friends, and then one would turn on each other, only to make up a couple weeks later, and then that one of them would turn on each other again. It. Remember that one time she went heel and got uh, um, double teamed backstage with her at Brad Maddox and uh, Xavier Woods. It was a crazy, oh, crazy heel turn. I heard it was caught on camera too. Crazy heel turn. Sorry, I had to do it. I'm sorry, Paige fans. I'm sorry. I mean, you're really not, but come on. Well, I kind of am. I'm kind of not. So I'm kind of a heel, kind of a face, whenever I want to be. I'm kind of oh, like I'm kind of like WWE's Vince of a super or WWE's a, a stars right now, and they just one minute face, one minute heel. You never know what to believe. Right. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> hard to go that route at times. Oh, okay, so what other news do we have, Trav? We do have Jericho's uh, Fozzie's band as the NXT TakeOver's theme. 
Yeah, them and Hailstorm, they're, they've got two songs that they're, of course, going for Chicago. Um, I've seen it more so now uh, over the last couple weeks that NXT is definitely showing why an hour show is still better than a three-hour Raw or sometimes a, even two-hour SmackDown. Um, I tell you what, though, um, 205 Live kind of impressed me this week. I know. Everybody keeps talking about it. I just don't Have you seen get it? Into a, I just don't want to get into another hour show. Dude, I honestly, even if you don't want to watch the whole show, just at Xavier least... Xavier Woods, Buddy Murphy, I know. It's not Xavier Woods. Oh, cool. I mean, uh, shit. <laughs> God dang. <laughs> we were just talking about him. I mean, Cedric Alexander. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. That... He's good. I like Cedric a lot. In all seriousness, the whole match was put together extremely well by both guys, and it, it and it does it gets you it sucks you in, man. So two hundred five live it it has made a ton of improvements since Triple H has taken over the show, and I promise you, if you don't want to watch the whole show, that's fine because it, I mean it is like you said, it's a forty nine minute show, but the majority of the I think there's like one opening match. And then maybe a couple segments, and then it goes right into the uh, the title match. The title match is the bulk of the show, and it's it's extremely done well. Extreme. Like, Sorry. Yes, indeed. Like, yeah, it, it's quality. Like every bit of it is quality. They they I sell the right spots at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, they make you believe that it's a it's a back and forth fight, and it's it's good. It's worth the watch. Uh, all I gotta say this week. Let's let, when you start doing certain things you do do every week. What's the the one thing that stood out to me this week out of all the wrestling was the one and only Mother King Ricochet. Oh, oh my god, god, man! I have replayed and showed people that are or that are not wrestling fans the athleticism of jumping out the ring and then landing right in front of Dream's face. I got goosebumps every single time I played it for somebody. It's it's incredible. And I really wonder with that shot that they show at the end of the video of the face that Velveteen is making when he does oh it. Oh my god, it's so good. I wonder, that had to be real. Oh, that when, had when, to when be I, real. did you watch it live? Oh, I'm, yeah, I watched okay. it when it happened. When I saw it live, I mean, he, 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 Dream looked genuinely surprised. So, I mean, I that's was what like, I'm saying. And that's what I like about him because Dream didn't like, Dream sold it. Dream didn't, wasn't like, oh, I'm big and bad. Dream knew this was a moment and Dream helped sell it. Dream didn't act like a cocky ass and a hard ass and just stared him down. Dream acted like he was like, whoa, I'm okay. Well, I guess you maybe can do some things better than me. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering very much so. I'm like, man, I wonder if this is like legit. I wonder if he really did get him to be like, damn, this dude literally just did a front flip over the top rope <laughs> and landed feet first on the outside. And it was like it was like a ton of like distance too. It was like a far, far. I mean, those are the moves. I'm, I'm. It's awesome. But I'm like, man, those are the kind of moves you can you can't do all the time. You're gonna end up breaking something. And I, but I think Ricochet is smart enough to know that he'll pull out things like that. Um, just just when they matter, you know. Oh yeah. My thing with my thing with Ricochet is I do see him being a top star potential. Hell, even The Rock said the same thing. Um, the only thing that I've I fear with Ricochet is his, his. I hope his promo work gets a little bit better. Yeah, he, I automatically he, could tell you. I felt I felt the same thing. But you know what? He still has the voice. He, he does. Still, he still has something in him. Where I could, I can see, like you just said, like The Rock, where I, you know, if he worked on it, he could do it. 
I, and I think I think it's good for him to be in NXT for now. Yes. And I hope that, and I hope they do work with him. I hope and I that hope he stays there for at least a year or two. Honestly, I do too. As a matter of fact, I can see I can see huge money uh, eventually down the line of a Ricochet Alistair Black feud. Hey, I wouldn't mind that. I freaking love Alistair. Love Ricochet. I just look forward so much to NXT now because of Ricochet and because of Alistair. They're my two top guys. I, I used to love uh, watching Cien uh, Almas and Zelina, of course, but those are the two guys I really look forward to. I know people all love Johnny Gargano and stuff, but I'm just, I don't know. I did something about those two guys that I really like right now. I'll tell you what, uh, another guy that's actually that's been super impressive with promo work, especially Lars Sullivan. That dude, <laughs> dude, he's for a big guy, he's intelligent. He's he is. strong as he is. hell. Oh, I'm not going to disagree with those things. He is. I just don't. I just something to me. It's like a. It's like a great value. Brock Lesnar. Sorry, dream. I had to steal a dream kind of quote. Well, in, in all honesty, it's more so, in, in my opinion, of a great value version, if you will, of Braun Strowman at the moment. Yeah, that's the better. I mean, it does because you know you have somebody who's built like a monster, like Braun, and makes everybody else look like a little monster. I don't know. <laughs> The thing, the thing with Lars though, and WWE, or I'm sorry, specifically Triple H, this that's been what his plan has been for Lars is to make him the Braun Strowman, if you will, of NXT right now. Yeah, that's, which that's what it feels like, and that's smart to do because you do need stuff like that. You need guys like that to come in and be like, whoa, like this guy, this guy actually is a threat you know what i mean and eventually when lars does get called up to the main roster i see a money feud between lars and braun i, I mean see that- i wouldn't mind seeing those two because i mean they are a little different than the regular um big guy because they're both pretty athletic which i like very athletic you don't you know i don't like to see like a collie versus big show those things no. those, those matches never turn out well no, and it was, and by the way, speaking of another big guy who has a lot of potential, who made his NXT TV debut against Ricochet this week, Chris Dijak, who if I know. people he was pretty if, good. If people are familiar with Chris Dijak, which and this this ain't no offense to you, I know you're not very much familiar with him at all, Ramsey, but he came from Ring of Honor as well. He was known as Donovan Dijak, and if people thought what he did with the springboard I know, elbow, I know Dijon Mustard. He, I'm telling you right now, this dude is—he is not anybody to sleep on. He's—he's he's potential right there. He's a big guy, but he can do some serious athletic things. It's crazy what he can he do. He's awesome. I think he's really good. But man, Ricochet when he was like pulling up that suplex, I was yes, like, that was oh incredible. my god! I mean, just the way they performed that—I'm sure it was a slight. It must look like a slight botch because Dijon Mustard didn't push himself up there enough. But the way Ricochet, I don't know. Like, I think it was I think awesome. Actually, that wasn't I Ricochet. That was like cranked him. Ricochet like cranked him up. You know. Yeah, I and that's like, why oh I don't think God. it was a. I don't think it was a mess up at all. I oh, think literally God. that's just how strong Ricochet is. I mean, that was like pure. And I'm saying like Dijon Mustard was like freaking. You know how freaking Dijak. <laughs> Come on, man. His, sorry, bro. That's his new name now. Dijon Mustard. He was freaking like six seven. Uh, six, six, about six eight, I think six My seven God. six eight. Yeah, it just, it just makes me want to like like uh, grovel to Ricochet. He's just, he's just so athletic, and then he's on top of these. He has like pure strength. I don't know the six forty, the six thirty, whatever six twenty. Uh, the six thirty. Six thirty. Yes. I showed all my friends that too, and Amira, my sister. I'm like, oh my gosh, that I just love everything about Ricochet. I'm to, I, and, and people that aren't familiar with Ricochet, you can go do your research. Just go watch Lucha Underground on Netflix. Prince Puma. 
And that's he has really earned it though. He he's had so many matches outside of rest WWE and NXT. He like all over the world. He's really earned and really you know really earned with where he is. Just go watch. Yeah, there's a. I don't know which episode it is of Lucha Underground, but you can go watch the match he had with Rey Mysterio in Lucha Underground, and you can see then that he was. He could be the next Rey Mysterio of this generation. And what I mean by that is the little God, guy. I hope that, not. Sorry. Hold on, hold on. What I mean by that is the little guy that wasn't meant to really get to main event level, but did. And he got over with the crowd. Despite what anybody wants to say, Rey Mysterio is still a very popular figure and had a lot of success in WWE. I mean, come on. You, none of us ever would have ever thought that Rey Mysterio would have been a WWE or world champion. I don't mind Rey coming back now because it's kind of cool seeing the like, nostalgia effect. But back right. in the day, ever ever since he won that heavyweight title, it just threw me off. It really pissed me off. I just thought it's a, it's a heavyweight title, and you have a guy who should be in like a 205 live show or cruiserweight division winning the title. And I'm pretty sure he beat Batista. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact. And maybe that's why, till this day, I have a little bit of uh, something. Yep. I, never, I never thought of that. It could be why, down deep, why I don't like him very much. It could be. <laughs> I never I thought of that. That's funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not a big Rey Mysterio fan, but, I mean, now that he's back, I, I for some reason, I actually like him a little more. I don't know. Sure. I, give, I give, like, credit to somebody who's at his age who can still do the stuff he does. So, now, uh-huh. I guess it's a little different now, time around. Yeah, and it could be. I tell you what, though, still, it it does not surprise me whatsoever that Seth Rollins is on the role that he's been on. That, Man. He's, he's straight money. Straight money and fire right now. Like, if anything, WWE should be extremely smart, and they really need to start uh, this, back. I mean, you're right. I mean, if, if they were smart, let's uh, knock on some wood. This is the kind of run that you start pushing them to the main event. Main yes. title. I mean, this yes. is a perfect way you do it with HBK and different guys. Even though he's had the title before, this is going to feel a little different because it was without, like, Triple H's help kind of thing. Like, without right. the authority's help. I just right. think it will, like you just said, it will be definitely money if, if they do it correctly. Well, and, and this goes to – this actually, i I got to give credit to The Miz here because with the Intercontinental title being on Seth Rollins right now, if you think about it, it was really the Miz who made the Intercontinental title relevant to the point where they were able to put Seth as champion, who Seth was having freaking show-stealing performances week in and week out before he was Intercontinental champion, after the whole Jason Jordan stuff, you know, fell through, which is good. Um, After that, he really just stepped up his game and said, you know what, that's when the whole quote-unquote Monday Night Rollins character came out, and he he's taken it straight to the top, and now he's Intercontinental Champion, and that title, in my opinion, feels way more prestigious yeah. ever since the Miz held it, and now since uh, uh, since this has been going on, it's 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 incredible to see it. Yeah. Um, what else What else is going on this week besides uh, booty shaking dance offs that? I don't know why we saw that, but I did. I did enjoy Lana doing the little neck breaker. That just makes you a heel. I love that part of it. I like yeah. how Lana is pretty consistent and knowing how to stay a heel. Like she's never really gotten like face, like uh, uh, too much face cheers. She's always like finds a way to make the crowd hate her, and that's why I kind of respect her. Yeah, the th- the only problem is, and this is the su- this is something that uh, Brian Alvarez said too, is that. 
uh, Lana is a great character. Like, there's no there's no denying that she has great characterisms and she knows how to work the camera. But and her, ring, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, her her wrestling ability is just uh, no. It's it's not. It's left. It's left little to be desired, you know. So, well, actually, I want to I want to back up a tiny bit. Do you do you think Seth Rollins' IC title run has already like um, overshadowed uh, the Miz's? No. Okay. Because I kind of feel bad because I feel like the Miz never even got half the airtime or talking. Or he didn't get airtime, but he didn't I get, half, say, the, he didn't get half the respect Rollins is. I don't know if that's because when he won stuff, it was like a cheating kind of route with a. You know, with the Mistarage helping him out or what? But I just kind of felt like I wonder what about you think about that? I don't think I don't think that this title run for Seth overshadows the Miz at all because the Miz was the one who again brought relevancy back to that Intercontinental title, and he brought it back um, because of the way that he did it. And I know a lot of people kind of like what you're saying is if you cheat too much to win, then really are you really doing anything to the title? Because let's look back at the Jinder Mahal. Eddie Guerrero's run, man. Do what? Eddie Guerrero made every title relevant. He cheated almost all the time. <laughs> Who did? Eddie Guerrero. Well, the, well, you also got to remember that Eddie Guerrero character was based off the lie, cheat, and steal thing. I know. So that was Freaking kind of that was it. just kind of part of the gimmick. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you look at Jinder Mahal, who during his WWE <laughs> title reign. Um, he had the Singh brothers help him out almost every single matchup. That's where the title starts losing prestige is when it is every single matchup. But the thing with, you still kind of, but it does make him well. I mean, think about all the times DX or Triple H had it, the title, and he would always cheat. It, he did, but this is this is where you got to find the line between when you should do it and when you shouldn't. Because if you do it too much, then it does make not only the champion, but it looks it makes the championship look weak and meaningless. Yeah. If you saying. do it all the time. But the thing with The Miz is he would get put into predicaments where, yeah, he'd cheat to do this or cheat to win that, and it would it would work at that point. But eventually it would always come back to around to where he would have to eventually do it by himself. So then on those times where he did win, the, uh, win or retain the title by himself, then it did mean something because he did do it. He did it by himself, didn't have the assistance to do it, and so it made that title more relevant. And they knew when to do that. They knew when it went a little too far, and I think The Miz even knew when he needed to be like, okay, this is where this needs to be happening, this is where this shouldn't be happening. And it only made for uh, Seth Rollins' uh, Intercontinental title win at WrestleMania that much more important because you already knew that with the way Rollins was firing on all cylinders even before then, that he was going to make a hell of a champion. And since then, he's done just that. He has been one hell of a champion. And I think when all is said and done, eventually this will lead to either a title-for-title match against Brock, um, or at the very least, it'll show, like here at Money in the Bank, we've got Elias versus Seth Rollins coming up. And uh, it's, I think it's a very strong possibility that we can see Elias beat Seth Rollins, have Rollins and Elias feud for like maybe a month to where uh, Rollins gets his rematch, and then you go into SummerSlam, and you could easily book Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, and it would be totally believable. Yeah. Seth Rollins' uh, athleticism versus the strength of Brock Lesnar. I, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't mind right, seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but it just... It... There's like a believable aspect to me, and you have like Braun takes on like three and four guys half the time, and then you have like certain like wrestlers that are just more popular somehow be able to take him. 
or just or get the win over it. It's hard for me to believe because they when they build Braun or well not Roman, Braun actually has the look like the stature where I think this guy could literally take on five guys. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so when you have him in a match against like Seth Rollins, who is like a Finn Balor like kind of like a CrossFit looking body, it just doesn't. It's it's hard for me to get that believability in there. That's person. That's just me, I guess. No, you're you're right. It it is. You have to work a little bit harder to make the crowd believe that. Unless but you're heel, unless you can cheat, then it helps. Right. But you look back, and I know you were comparing him to Finn Balor, but think about it. The Brock Lesnar-AJ Styles match from Survivor Series, absolutely great match. Like, it was we – knew, we knew what was going to happen. We knew that Styles was going to end up losing to Lesnar. Everybody kind of figured that out. But the way that they uh, made that match, even Paul Heyman said himself, AJ Styles was the absolute best in-ring performer in WWE at this moment in time because he made he did make it look like especially once he got the uh, the calf crusher locked in yeah. with Brock it it was very believable that AJ was about to make Brock tap because Brock did so good at selling that injury which I think he actually did have a slight <laughs> realism to that but he did such a good job of making Styles look good with that calf crusher yeah. And it was it was a believable match. They probably and, paid him like a million dollars more. Hey, sell the calf crusher, and we'll give you a million dollars. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, I do I do think Rollins versus uh, Lesnar could be actual money at this point. The first time they did it, it was when Seth was a heel, money. and he still had uh, the J and J security and all that. Oh so yeah. I really wasn't into that. Now, fast forward, that was almost three years ago, and I totally would buy a Rollins versus Lesnar encounter. I didn't mind J and J security. I kind of liked it. I thought no, I thought it was good for the time for oh, Seth okay. Rollins trying to be built up as a as a heel. Yeah. But now that we have the Rollins that we do, he don't need stuff like that. You know what I mean? He oh, gets yeah. by on his athleticism and strength alone. So, I'm not sure how long this has been up or if the rumor is going to be true or not, but for some reason, uh, WB, I'm not sure if they still have it or why, but on wb.com they have American Alpha still up on their like pages as tag teams and usually when tag teams disband they don't keep them on there that long they usually like, take them off little superstars and make them individuals you know and the rumors are coming out that maybe they might reform American Alpha what do you think about that I mean what else are they doing with the two I'm just saying they built Jason Jordan up against all these guys gave him really five star matches with Rollins I mean, all these feuds with Roman Reigns, or uh, little tag team stuff with everybody, and little feuds and stuff. They're trying to build them to be one of the top guys, and then throw them back as a tag team, which I don't mind. But I was slowly growing on Jordan because he was like a he was like a a, a, a weird kind of heel we haven't seen in a while, like a like a crybaby heel. I just kind of like that. Yeah, and I guess they could still make that work. the The only thing I fear to it is if you do it to the extent of, of what I would hope they would, which is you have Jason Jordan uh, come back from his injury and he you know he's meeting with Kurt Angle and he's like, hey, uh, how about we actually put together an old duo and give you a t- uh, give you a shot at the tag titles and bring Chad Gable in because Chad Gable, in my opinion, and I think, most people would share this exact same opinion. Chad Gable is a way more athletic and, in my opinion, has a has a better chance of being a great performer than Jason Jordan. I, I mean, I mean, I do think performance-wise, Gable does it does better stuff. But on the mic, 
Jordan kind of is finding his ground. Like he's kind of he like he was ha- getting there. He like has that. I know that's why I kind of. Th- but Gable has had mic time, and every single time I'm kind of I get bored real quick. But with Jordan, something about it that seems really like he kind of knows how to talk a little bit, and I just feel like those kind of styles when they grow and he finds more confidence will become like a you I mean you just really need to talk correctly if you're going to be a main star and not just like a tag team or like a whatever and you're going to be like a main one of the head guys you have to talk in the mic I I know and I and I see I get where you're going with that but you also got to remember they put Jason Jordan in a spot that he he did automatically start getting more promo work and airtime whereas Chad Gable once they did the separation between him and Jordan, they kept Gable as a singles competitor for like two weeks before they put Shelton Benjamin with him, and we had their poor version of American Alpha Two, where he Which really they weren't that bad together though. They they weren't. They eventually gelled together pretty well as a team. But come on, did anybody ever really think that this could be a team that would be worth noting? Because they didn't really push them like that. They would have them. They would give them big matches against the Usos, but at the end of that. Usos would end up winning the t- uh, retaining the tag titles, so they never. So, really got do you running. think when Jason Jordan gets back, he should get that top spot again? One of the one of the top spots again, or do you think it's just too quick, too early? And he's the you know. I don't think he should come back in the top spot. I think I honestly kind of like the idea that you had of kind of putting them together, but making it to where eventually Jordan will turn on Gable, and then it'll be Gable versus Jordan, and you could still put Jason Jordan. I forgot. As the How healer. did they disband? Do what? I forgot. How did they disband? Was there just? It was just the whole revelation okay. of Jordan being Angle's uh, illegitimate son, quote unquote. Um, so they never, you could they never totally, really explain why they actually disbanded. Uh, th- that was it. Was just that once Angle found out, he brought Jordan over to Raw. Okay. So that was the that was the split. And you could easily play that if you wanted to go the other way and try to get Jordan some face time, which it wouldn't work because people actually enjoy Chad Gable more than Jason Jordan. Um, you could always play Gable as being the heel and being like, you're the one that left me and you know, said, screw our tag team success. I'm going to go over here to Raw and try to be some big star, which we know that you can't be without help. So you could easily play off of that if they wanted to go that route too. There's WWE has so much going for it that they literally have no idea how to handle it. They have so much potential, so much story. I know. Story. I, I, we've talked about it many times. This is like this. There's so many, so many athletic stars that are just there. And besides, like people like AJ Styles, who they keep pushing, which is fine because he knows how to do it all. But there's mm-hmm. just so many guys that could do it better than mm-hmm. like a Jinder Mahal or who. And I like Jinder, but don't get me wrong. There's plenty of guys that deserve the spot more than like a Jinder. I agree, and and what makes it even sadder is still to this day we are you you myself and uh, our friends that we we've had we've associated with for over ten years. We used to say it all the time when we'd watch the WWE pay per views, especially into the like the two thousand nine years until about twenty eleven twenty twelve. But I guarantee you, it's still the same. If you were to put you me. And our and our other friends Tyler, George, and everybody else. I guarantee you, we could come up with better storylines and make better use of the talent on the roster than what those soap opera script writers are doing right now. Oh yeah, but I'm sure a lot and of make people it think believable. That way. Well, they, some people feel like they could do that, but the thing is, is, when it comes to being a writer for the WWE, is you have to be able to make storylines seem legitimate, and you have to be able to 
build stars up. You can't just be like, well, I think this would be a good feud because it would be a good feud. No, you got to have purpose behind why this feud is even taking place. Purpose or something. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, they have kind of lost the art and how to make a three or four month storyline and actually yeah. make it like make it like legit because there's just like there's all these month and a half month storylines basically they have a problem whatever it is pay-per-view comes up and then it's ended or like i said a month month and a half maybe they do a rematch uh after the pay-per-view and then that's it it's just it never like there's no they don't really draw it out enough to where it becomes like a few I mean, maybe shinsuke and aj styles has been okay uh, I, I haven't minded. I actually said I liked it. I'm one of the few people who still like it, I guess. Cause, but they said they said Shinsuke's had more title shots than any wrestler in the last like five years consistently. And you don't see many wrestlers get like four or five title shots. So in that storyline, what I'm saying is kind of debunked. But there's not many storylines that can go four months and still keep most audience engaged. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is I, I would even argue to say that the Styles-Nakamura story is – it just barely hanging on with with keeping people intrigued because of how and unfortunately how much of a letdown the storyline has been um but that goes back to again it was poor mishandling of that storyline you have two of the best in-ring workers on one brand going for the title you should be able to make that championship match seem way more important than what they did leading into WrestleMania. Do, um, could do they, that have, do they let Shinsuke win it? Like, do they finally let him win it after the third or fourth try? At this point, I don't think you, you have any other choice but to. And it kind of disappoints me because I was kind of looking forward to seeing a potential AJ Styles, Samoa Joe feud for the title. Um, because I definitely believe that Joe and Styles will be a would would be a much Haven't better. Have you seen feud. that on TNA before? They have. That's but that's because I've seen them work together, and they were they were still very young when they were. Well, Joe together works good with anybody. Joe brings out something in everybody. I swear, he's like Joe he's is like AJ Styles. He like can bring every. You he brings so much realism, which I just love. Well, and now with Joe being a little bit older, and he's not as he's not as fast. Um, or agile as he used to be, but he still has enough of the strength and enough of that ad- agility left in him to where it's still just enough to make you go, holy crap, this dude is a monster. Like, if if he gets his hands on you, it doesn't matter if he's either walking or running. He's going to he's gonna kill you, you know? As the old chant used yeah. to go, Joe's going to kill and you. And I made a T-shirt that... that- <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's true. I mean, Samoa Joe, if you want to watch early days of him in TNA and Ring of Honor, dude was a beast back in the day. He's still just as much of a beast, but at a different platform yeah. than what he was then. And him and Styles could put on a good feud. But I do think at this point, Nakamura does walk out of the last man standing match at Money in the Bank as champion. I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't after see this it happening. Many tries. Remember that whole run with Triple H and Batista. Triple H kept winning, and Batista finally got it. Yeah, and that's well, what kind of reminds me of like a two-three month span of like main events, and then finally Batista gets it, and everybody's really excited. But Batista was the face at the time, and, and Shinsuke is actually the heel, which is different. But uh, exactly. did they change up Shinsuke's uh, music again. Just a just a very slight bit. It's a instead of the uh, the original score of the the violin screeching at the beginning, 
Um, it's more so it goes into uh, what sounds like a dragging of a guitar string uh, to a I very like low chord. It's like the violin chord. thing. It's, I, mean, uh, I played violin still for have, years, they, so I know they do. They still have the violin in there, but they just, oh, to, make, to give it more of that rough heel persona, they just gave the guitar scratch to replace the, the opening of it. It's still the same opening, it's just they use a guitar instead. And it's, it does work for the heel persona. The, the heel Nakamura gimmick is, I think, becoming a, a success for being uh, over on SmackDown. Um, the Ty Dillinger had, thing when he's walking with the numbers, like kind of like practicing, practicing his numbers, was yeah. really, was, I thought it was really funny. It's definitely – Ty Dillinger is another one that we could, we could probably spend – Let's not bring spend, him up. What a freaking letdown. That's all. I was going to say, we could, we could probably do a whole freaking episode about how they just completely let Ty Dillinger go to nothing. But guess what? They've done it with AOP. They've done it with the Revival. Isn't it amazing how AOP's fallen so flat? The Revival, Already. yes. Already, they kept, man. They, they get called up to the main sanity. Sanity even. is the one I don't want to talk about because that's the one I was really excited to really like make like a uh, almost like a uh, what's it called a nexus kind of thing like a re a new nexus kind of for a SmackDown or Raw and sure that's gone. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I'm not really looking forward to seeing them debut because they haven't really been hyping it like they should. I don't care what you want to say about their little vignettes that they show, which I don't recall even seeing one this past Tuesday. Um, it doesn't. It's not doing anything for me. Like, it it literally means nothing to me. I look forward to seeing the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Good Brothers at Money in the Bank. I think that can actually be a very good match if done properly because both teams are very well, especially Gallows and Anderson, are very well known uh, and know how to work together very well. But people forget forget the uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. They've been NXT Tag Team Champions. They've been a tag team with each other for many, many years. So I do think that that can actually be a good tag team match. And that could be how you bring Sanity involved at the end of that match. Whether the Bludgeon Brothers lose or win, that's where you can, in my opinion, bring Sanity in as faces and have them face the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, I, I think that can be money. I just think Triple. there has to be some part of Triple H... That is just getting pissed off events. There has, has to be. Has to be. Has because to be. Triple H is like, he's the one doing this NXT stuff. He's the one doing this 205 Live stuff. And he is behind the curtains doing the stuff, or all the storylines, all the angles, whatever. And it's amazing to me that after two, three years of awesome build-up NXT, I mean, you're having a show that is only shown on a network, not even cable television. and For an hour. An hour, a week. And yeah. these guys have more impact on social media and Twitter and whatever than half of the guys on mainstream cable. That says something. That I think that also that goes to I think the potential genius that we can see from Triple H because Triple H is the one who's built NXT to what it is now that we all love and adore. Yeah. And I it just goes to show that CM Punk may have had it right a little bit. Yeah. Because Granted, in his promo, he uh, that pipe bomb promo from 2011, he obviously was like, you know, this company is not going to be much better once Vince McMahon passes on. It, I think we're kind of seeing that that actually may be a bit of a lie because I think Triple H does see with the success of NXT, um, the somewhat success and revival of 205 Live, um, I think we're going to see Triple H has actually smartened up a little bit and realizes that, you know, instead of, especially with the indies, instead of 
hating on these indie darlings. Why don't we bring these guys in? Because guess what? They're seasoned veterans already. They yeah. know how to work the ring, but now let's get them acclimated to the WWE style of working, and then what can we do with them at that point? The sky's the limit. Ricochet, we just talked about at the beginning. If the WWE machine seriously backs Ricochet when he eventually does go to the main roster, mm -hmm. if is the key word, he could be a huge star. The Rock yeah. has said it. The Rock has given his his endorsement, much like what Stone Cold and The Rock did with uh, with Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen uh, when he got signed. Much like uh, The Rock and Stone Cold did with Bray Wyatt. Granted, we know how that has ended up, but they even were like, this kid Bray Wyatt can be something special. And when you have veterans like that that can notice the potential in guys like that, dude, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, Vince, if three of your former top stars in Triple H, who's your son-in-law and is trying to learn from you and has been mentoring these guys on these other shows that are so successful, and you have your two top stars of all time, Stone Cold and The Rock, saying that these other guys are worth money and you're still not doing anything with them, who has the problem? Like, where is the real problem? Is I just it think Vince gets on his high horse on certain guys. I, he, I he likes them personally, I guess, or maybe talks to them more, and just thinks, oh, well, he's a nice guy, I think he's going to stay with me longer and be true to me, so let's keep him going. Instead, well, of, instead of just saying, this guy's athletic, he knows what he's doing, he's been doing it for a long time, the crowd loves him, or the crowd hates him, he's a really good heel, but for some reason that doesn't click anymore. I, I just feel like, I feel like he is all about the He's all about the politics. Braun Strowman still. He's all about backstage politics and you know people who he just likes personally. And you could be right about that. I think he's just still stuck into the mind frame of I. I think the Braun Strowman look yeah. uh, is still what sells. You know, a big. But guy. at least Braun Strowman is not a typical guy. He's not like Braun a typical Strowman, just he, bodybuilder. He's yes. just more of a genetic freak. He has turned. I don't. I, I. I think I'm. I'm definitely not of the minority when I say this. Braun Strowman has not only improved tenfold. Because who would have thought that when we first saw Braun Strowman, all you and me both have said before, we didn't see anything with this guy. He was just going to be a huge hitman for the Wyatts. And then once they broke him away from the Wyatts, we were like, there's no way this guy is going to be able to succeed on his own. He's not really good in the well, ring. You know, I, for, I forgot I was talking to somebody about this. Do you know the big turning point with Braun? I believe it was his feud with Roman Reigns. I think it was the Mixed Match Challenge when he had his comedic side more come out. He was allowed, I think that did a he lot was, to He change. was allowed to have be more comedic, and it was kind of yes. the same time in December when he was doing those little vignettes. And yes. I really think that really people saw, like, oh, he's not just a freaking monster. He actually has, like, a personality. Well, and I think, and I agree. I think that had a lot to do with it too, because you, like you're saying, you did get to see a little bit of a more comedic role and a softer side of Braun Strowman. Which at that point, it was okay to do that because you could show that he could have different layers. He was he wasn't a one dimensional character like you know, they had. If I had the before. time on my hands and the graphic design uh, time, I would so make like a Braun T-shirt with a Braun, like Braun, and then have like the toilet paper, you know, Braun the. Whatever. Never mind. I you know I started thinking that I couldn't remember if it was brawn like if it was a brawn uh, yeah uh, like if it was toilet paper or if it was uh, paper towels I started thinking or that the other if, day isn't, or if there's another one that's like there's like a commercial there's like a brawn like um, trash bags or something like that holds tight 
Uh, yes, yes. So something like that. But I was thinking like his arms crossed and then like the same kind of logo as Bronx. <laughs> but that just takes a lot of time. Okay. Well, any last any last words before um, I give you the good old um, GTS? <laughs> well, speaking of GTS, have you been following the Punk, Cabana, and Dr. Amon trial? Uh, it's kind of just started, hasn't it? Uh, day four was yesterday. Um, I believe they go back on Monday. Um, yeah, it's a it, Punk is stud. He is literally standing by everything he said on a uh, on uh, that podcast that started this whole thing. Punk has, uh, from everything that I have read in all of the uh, transcribes that have been released mm. um, about it, he's stuck to the story. He he has not gone back one well, single he time. Can't that makes you look bad? Well, it's it's one of those things where this is where people. When they first heard it, there were some that doubted him and were like, come on, there's no way it could really be this bad, right? There's no way that somebody would practice such negligence on one of the top stars in the company. But, you know, most people would think that if Punk was making that up, he wouldn't, re- he wouldn't say uh, the exact same details that he did before. Like, there would, be little, uh, there would be little signs that there's some holes in this story, you know what I mean? To this day, it has yet to show through. Some see the holes in the wall. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this, but it looks like from what I'm seeing here, uh, closing arguments on the trial will be held on Tuesday. What if they do it on SmackDown Live? Not happening. What if it's not happening? What Stop if your what this ifs. is all? Stop your what ifs. What if this Stop is Stop your all... what ifs. No. It could be a storyline. This whole it's thing is the line. biggest storyline ever for a CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar WrestleMania match. CM Punk wins the title. Crowd goes wild. No. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? Like some big, just drawn-out thing. It's like this, and I just... Oh, I love, that just makes me excited. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, Vince is going to make more such, money. You have such that. <laughs> I know. Oh, my Lord, you, you kill me sometimes, bro. Hey, you're the one on two cups of coffee, not me. So I don't know why I'm the one here yelling. You're not, you know. All right, buddy. Well, uh, <laughs> we had a good show. I hope you enjoyed everything. I'll let Travis close it out. And, of course, oh, real quick, make sure you go on Amazon. Check out Blue Level. That is uh, my new uh, brand. And then, of course, the Wrestling Mark uh, store.com. It's a uh, all wrestling stuff. And, Travis, your turn. See, I was going to promote your thing there, but yeah, you did you, know, blue, you may have forgot blue level, so I wanted to include it, okay? Well, okay, well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll still help you out with that, okay? Here we go. Oh, Let's and I'm going to get your address after this, too. Oh, me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Ramsey has a cool uh, the Wrestling Mark store that has a bunch of your new wrestling merchandise, also known as Blue Level from Amazon. Go check out all of his sweet custom designs and more to come. So stay tuned for that, as you could hear some of our ideas being thrown out today. Uh, also, go visit RumblingRumors.com for all non-spoiler articles, as well as opinions written by some of our great editorials and everything of that nature it's wonderful reads please keep up with us on twitter and facebook follow us on twitter like us on facebook you can follow both me and ramsey personally on twitter at wwe ramsey and myself at travis underscore foulhark we appreciate y'all every single week for tuning in we appreciate you on this episode and we will see y'all right back here next week as well all right guys have a good one peace out y'all peace out